You are listening to the Locked On NFL Podcast Network Crossover Thursday. Locked On Browns host Jeff Lloyd, joined by Chris Russell, and I'm going to make sure, Chris, I say it right, the host of the Locked On Washington football team as we bring you through Crossover Thursday before Washington travels to First Energy on Sunday to face the Cleveland Browns. Today's crossover episode is brought to you by the folks at Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they are your corner store, your coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at, at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and to tap pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. As I said, your host, Jeff Lloyd, joined by Chris Russell, host of Locked On Washington football team. We're going to break it down here this week as we roll on into week three. And, you know, folks, as, as crazy as it's been waiting to get to this point, we're already in eighth through the season, you know, come Sunday, you know, that's three games down. Um, again, for all my listeners, nothing goes faster than the NFL regular season. Chris, <laughs> it's probably easiest to start right here. Um, the core going forward, hopefully for this Washington franchise, has some pretty strong Ohio connections. Three mm-hmm. guys, whether it's Terry McLaren, all eyes, of course, are on Dwayne Haskins, Chase Young. Talk a little bit about the local boys for my listeners. And, you know, obviously, you know, some good, um, some maybe getting better. And then, of course, you know, the quarterback, as everybody knows with every franchise, it's always about the quarterback. Yeah, I'm sure the quarterback position and who plays it for the Cleveland Browns never comes up on your podcast, does it, Jeff? Not at all. <laughs> Negative. Nope. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, look uh, – uh, let's start with Dwayne. I mean, obviously still a, a struggling quarterback, still a young quarterback, still very raw, still very inexperienced. You know, and basically the book on why Jake Gruden and, and the coaching staff uh, and some of the personnel people that are still there, by the way, not many, but some, did not want um, Dwayne Haskins, quite honestly, last year. That was jammed down their throat. They didn't want him. They were unprepared for him. Uh, They didn't want to take the time to develop him. They wanted to go the veteran quarterback route with Case Keenum, who I think you also now know uh, in (laughs) Cleveland. Uh, And, oh, another name that you might know, Colt McCoy. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it was an uneven rookie year, obviously, for Dwayne. Uh, he started to make some progress towards the end, got hurt, and missed the final game and a half of the season. And he got banged up in two of the last three games that he played. So this offseason, Ron Rivera comes in, new coaching staff, Norm Turner, son, Scott Turner's the offense coordinator. And quite honestly, Jeff, and I'm just trying to speak through the timeline here, you know, it goes from a very negative kind of vibe, a very unsure Leary, I'm not sure if we're in on Dwayne Haskins' vibe to the summer of bliss for Dwayne Haskins, and he did everything right. He worked his ass off. He got into great shape. He lost weight. He took leadership. He took control. All the things that you want your quarterback to do, right? Work hard, mature, work ethic, all the things that, quite honestly, he did not do at any point, really, last year. And he got to the he, – he got – he won the starting job. He got the starting job, and, you know, week one was – really bad for almost a full half and not bad uh, 
fairly good, effective, let's call it that, the second half. And last week in Arizona, it was three-quarters of bleh and one-quarter of, okay, you got something here, finally, you see some signs of life. So we don't know what the real Dwayne Haskins is yet, other than he's still a very young, raw, inexperienced quarterback who you have no choice if Ron Rivera is being more correct and not just spinning it this way. When he says, look, guys, we're a young team. We're not going to expose guys in meaningless situations to injuries. We're building for the future. It's not we're giving up. It's not that we don't want to win, but he keeps preaching how young they are, and I think that's code for that we know we're not good enough, but we have to develop and we have to get better. Um, So as far as Dwayne, again, it's a mixed bag, uh, and I know he's looking forward to coming back uh, up to Northeast Ohio. He's obviously been back. Uh, a couple of times, but he's not played uh, in his NFL career as a professional uh, in a regular season game, of course, uh, back in the area. And he pointed that out today. Um, you know, he says, well, look, you know, Cleveland is, is different than Columbus. The other two are everything, you know, he says everything you want to be. You know, well, <laughs> Terry McLaurin is everything you want him to be on offense, and Chase Young is everything you want him to be on defense. And McLaurin just keeps catching everything in sight, anything that's pretty much thrown to him, and just, you know, like he accelerates up the field. He can run inside routes. He can run outside routes. Again, he catches pretty much everything. Um, he's really smart. He's really mature. All the things that we talked about, you and I, over the offseason. And as far as Chase Young goes, uh, he is freaking as good as advertised. There's just no other way to say it. He chases down screens, no pun intended. He stops the run. He blows up people. He gets after the quarterback. Now, listen, did he have the best pass rushing day week two against Kyler Murray? No. I mean, I don't know how many people have tremendous pass rushing days against Kyler Murray. I think everybody was a little tentative. But he did. He checks all the boxes for me in all the other areas that maybe, you know, fans or or box scores aren't necessarily going to always tell you, again, he'll, he'll, he'll stop the run. And that's going to be huge this week against Cleveland's two-pronged running attack. And he's really good at chasing down screens, which can also be a big thing with Kareem Hunt coming at them. So that's the long answer to address all three of the Ohio State guys. Uh, two really, really, really good so far, and one still a mixed bag. And we'll get, we're gonna I'm gonna you know shift here um, and of course you know McLaren Chase Young and you know for Terry McLaren as you know whatever they tried to find for him during the draft process whatever Knicks um, and that's exactly what you do as a mid round pick you know mid round pick who deserves the opportunity hey I'm gonna get on this field and I'm gonna do what I do and that's obviously worked out very well for Washington getting back to this though um, and with Dwayne Haskins um, you, you know rightfully so you move on from Darius guys. You move on from Adrian Peterson. You have an offensive line where the Trent Williams saga finally ended. Um, And this is kind of what we went through in year two here with Baker. And it was, well, what's this? And why is this going on? Well, Odell and Jarvis are injured. Um, The offensive line, you know, it's got a couple of good players. But as a unit, it's bad. The offensive line for Washington and besides Terry McLaren, this is stuff that, you know, if – Dwayne shows signs of progressing. This is where you kind of go to the store and say, "Hey, we got to do some things to help this kid out." Yep. Yeah. There, there. You know, there is no doubt that they are bare on the defense on the offensive side of the football. 
you know, they have heavily, heavily invested uh, over the last three years in their defensive line specifically. You know, I have five first-round picks. Um, you know, they, they've spent money on their secondary. Maybe Kendall Fuller makes his debut uh, this week. He's been out the first two games. Uh, Ronald Darby is another guy that they brought in, didn't spend a ton of money, but Landon Collins, obviously, they spent a lot of money. They didn't spend really any money on the offense. They tried hard to go after and spend a lot of money on Amari Cooper, struck out there, he went back uh, to Dallas, but it was like Amari Cooper or bust. So, Jeff, they, you know, um, you mentioned the offensive line. Left tackle is a question, although Jaron Christian, third-year player out of Louisville, has played better. Uh, left guard is still very much a mishmash and kind of inconsistent. Uh, center is pretty solid in Chase Roulier, a guy that the Cleveland Browns offensive line coach, Bill Callahan, drafted, developed, and turned into an every-down starter, and he's done a pretty good job. Where Cleveland certainly can take an, an enormous advantage and, and, and hope that they can really hit is that right guard where normally Washington has Pro Bowl rookie, uh, Pro Bowl right guard Brandon Sheriff, who's always hurt, and no surprise, he's hurt again, and he's out and on injured reserve, so he'll miss this game and the next two after that at least. So Cleveland can really take advantage there, and then they have veteran right tackle Morgan Moses, you know, who is solid, but you know, he's good for a holding penalty a game, and, uh, you know, sometimes he's rolling around on the floor uh, injured, but yet he fights through it. So that's the long way of saying the offensive line is still a mishmash. It's not very good. Dwayne doesn't get a lot of time. As a matter of fact, there's plenty of times where, you know, he has less than two seconds to throw. Um, his, his week one average, according to the next-gen stats, was 2.25. Uh, that was the lowest in the NFL. He just doesn't have a whole lot of time to throw, and then he throws flat-footed or with poor base, poor mechanics, and you see his throws, sometimes even shorter ones, you know, kind of die out because he's going too fast. So they really need to find a way against a very talented Cleveland Browns defensive line, much like Washington's, you know, to plug up Miles Garrett. That means probably keeping running backs in more like they did last week against Chandler Jones. And that effectively rules out, not completely rules out, but that hurts their ability to help Dwayne in the, the running back screen game and getting rid of the football. So they've got to, uh, you know, they've got to change their route concepts, more slants, more quick outs, more little hook routes, that type of thing that Cleveland maybe can squat on because Dwayne has to get rid of the football so quickly he just doesn't have time to sit there and survey and get to, you know, I, he told me today, when I asked him, he doesn't have time all the time to get to read three, read four. He's got one, two, and boom. Then he knows his internal clock is going off. Uh, you know, so if Cleveland can kind of jump some of those short to intermediate routes, that might be a way for them to take advantage. And this is certainly something that we have gone through with Baker Mayfield as well. And, you know, people want to say, oh, no, he's afraid to get hit. No, you, you get to a point where you're expecting to get hit and it creates an issue. It makes it more difficult to do your job. So you get into this scenario and you know, this kind of thing happens and it has happened with Baker week one. Luckily they you know had the quick turnaround, got to the film and they kind of said, look kid, the time is there, trust it. Um, you had mentioned this defensive line. And for me, as long as I've been, I've been hosting Lockdown Browns now uh, a little bit over three years, just at my three anniversary. And I've been screaming, defensive line play, defensive line play, defensive line play, defensive line play. Thank you, sir. Yeah. But just similar in Washington as to Cleveland, 
defensive line play, it makes a lot of things happen, and it can mask a lot of holes that you have on the defensive yep. side of the ball. Yeah, no doubt. Um, now, it doesn't cover up everything, right? I mean, I just mentioned, you know, as, as many resources as Washington has, you know, in their defensive line, we're going to have to see about Ryan Kerrigan uh, on the Wednesday injury report. He did not practice uh, dealing with a toe injury. I don't expect him to miss the game, but you never know with these kind of things. But, you know, they have all these talent resources, and against Kyler Murray, quite honestly, he was getting rid of the ball so quickly or he's so elusive. And I know Baker is not that, but Baker still can run off the boot. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, like I know Ron Rivera. I know because he answered this when I asked him on Wednesday. He's really worried about the Browns play action and the boot game. Um So, you know, that defensive line then gets a little bit neutralized when you get a quarterback that can sprint out of danger or naturally move and throw on the run and throw with accuracy. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, if the Browns can obviously establish their running game, opening up play action and boot action and and sprint outs and rollouts, and and then how much is this defensive line chasing – you know, including Chase Young, and can their coverage hold up on the back end? And that was a problem, a big-time problem against Kyler Murray. But clearly it is the strength of Washington's defense. Uh, They've got a speedy linebacker in Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who they signed for the Chicago Bears, who, you know, had, I think, 14 tackles last week, and he's explosive. John Bostick, their inside linebacker, has been really, really good, especially blitzing uh, up the middle. And I know Jason Treader's you know, uh, you know, kind of banged up, uh, or at least I think that that was the case, or there was a concern about that. Um, you know, so I, I I think this Washington front would be a lot better against a statuesque type quarterback. I think it's going to be really important for Baker again to get on the move, and for Stefanski to get him on the move off of play action, and for boot action to get him away and flush him out from some of those horses on the other side of the football. Yes. And, you know, and part of it, oh, and it, it does obviously, you know, it, it just makes for, you know, easier sight lines for your quarterback. And they'll always tell you whenever quarterback's struggling, what do you want to do? You want to get him on the move, make it easier. Let him work, you know, certain angles. We're going to flip it up here in a second with Chris and we'll talk some Browns from my end, get uh, all the questions, you know, that Chris may have as we continue through on your Locked On Thursday edition here from the Locked On Podcast Network. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices available, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Best of all, prices, again, at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, guys, we welcome you back on this crossover Thursday edition of the Locked on Browns and Locked on Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell, the host of Locked on Washington football team, and rejoining us is our pal Jeff Lloyd, who does a great job covering the Browns and hosting the Locked on Browns podcast 
for you guys uh, and the diehard fans of the Cleveland Browns and the Washington football team. Certainly have seen plenty of bad football, but Jeff, as we welcome you back in, last <laughs> Thursday night when we saw the battle for Ohio NFL, the 100th anniversary, uh, you know, not far from Canton where, you know, football was and the NFL was founded and, and a place that I'm fond of and the Hall of Fame and all that stuff. Um, you know, what we did see was this Browns offense come to life, and what we did see is, okay, you know, the Bengals are not a great defensive team, but they certainly spent some money on the defensive side of the ball, and Cleveland was pretty much able to do whatever they wanted to do. Is that is that a fair assessment, or is that a little bit too much praise? I'd say it was fair, and, you know, keep in mind, Cincinnati, without Geno Atkins, without Mike Daniels. And for Cincinnati, they actually put together a pretty good offseason. Normally, it's always just talking about the Bengals draft class. They actually were active in free agency and got some pieces. Granted, they didn't have them all. They drafted three linebackers. With the way this offseason is gone, you know, how effective can rookies who weren't, you know, high first-round picks be right out of the gate? So, you know, Cincinnati, it's going to take a little time. If we learned one thing, I think they're all right under center. But I think the Browns viewed it, and I think it was – and trust me, it was there was urgency. Um, if this team went 0-2, and, and I'll tell you right now, and had to sit on 0-2 for 10 days, it would have not been pretty by any means whatsoever. I mean, the chirping that came after the Baltimore game, and Baltimore was probably one of the easiest teams to go through the way this offseason went with lack of OTAs. Because all they really had to do was say, all right, well, we got a couple of new players. We'll work them, work them in. But what we're doing is pretty much fine. Um, so it, they were already coming in. And maybe it's time for Keenum. And, and then, of course, the trade Odell Beckham Jr. rumors come up again. And, nah, 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 nah. and it never ends. They needed to go out, and they needed to score points. People are getting on the defense. I understand. Reinforcements are coming for the defense. You know, they were out without one of their starting defensive ends. Adrian Claiborne, who did start, only played a half. Uh, the linebacking group, um, you were down rookie Jacob Phillips. Mac Wilson may, may not return this week. You were down to starting cornerback number four and having number five play meaningful minutes. Tavier Thomas is a fantastic special teams player. If I ever see him playing the base defense again, I might rip my hair out. So they had their issues there. But offensively, they just went after it. And they basically ran the playbook. And there were rollouts and got everybody involved. Everybody got a taste. And that's what this offense is about. And, you know, Baker actually spoke today and Kevin Stefanski spoke well. And they said they had to tell Baker, you need to not worry about who's getting touches. Don't worry about if everybody's getting involved. The way we do this, what our game plan is, once we get to the end of the day, everybody should feel good about themselves. Everybody should get a little bit of taste. And that's what happened. One thing that I thought was Weird during the game, but then I actually, once it it went into effect, it actually looked pretty smart, was the usage of Kareem Hunt. He didn't play for almost the entire first quarter up until late in the second quarter. But, you know, you had a groove going with Nick, and it was just so great because obviously playing six quarters within 72 hours, now you said, all right, well, here's a fresh guy off the bench who's barely played tonight, and then Cincinnati had to do it all over again. And, you know, Kareem can be physical. Kareem's maybe got a little bit more wiggle than Nick Chubb. But they got all the tools in the tool belt involved. And it was a great way for everybody to spend the next 10 days and feel really, really good about themselves. And the win makes everybody feel good. And they're able to carry it over 
to what should be a winnable game where they are favored on Sunday with Washington coming to town. But they really, really needed you know a little monkey off their back to be ready to go for Sunday against Washington. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, and from a Washington perspective, I've been saying this, and maybe I'm crazy. You know, I'm thankful, you know, that Cleveland is not an absolute wounded animal, for lack of a better term, because if they were 0-2 and getting their brains beat out uh, by the media and, you know, in their own building, having lost to a cross-state rival after getting smoked by Baltimore, things would have been really, really, really ugly. And who knows, maybe, uh, who knows, maybe there would even be, you know, a quarterback switch, depending on how things played out last Thursday. Obviously, that was not the case. Um, so I wanted to ask you about, you know, of, of course, you talked a little bit about the two-headed monster uh, at running back with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Do you expect them to be a little bit more even split this week? or one or the other, uh, because I know Chubb obviously is the more physical pounding, uh, maybe between the tackles back, and Kareem obviously has that explosive athletic ability on the screen game and all that stuff. How do you kind of expect that breakdown, and do you expect that to be the emphasis to at least start to try and get it and Baker Mayfield going off of play action? Uh, I think they're going to probably continue, but a lot of this is going to be you know the flow of game dictated. You know, the reason they were able to get over 30 carries on the ground Thursday night was late in the game, they needed to, A, run clock, get another score. Basically looked at the play sheet and said, Cincinnati ain't stopped the run the entire night. So guess what? And they went down the field, I believe it was about 70 yards and change, never threw the ball once, didn't call a pass play. And for me, and it's, I understand you were trying to integrate an offense here and for Coach Stefanski, this is his head first, first head coaching job. But I go back to Brian Billick with the Baltimore Ravens. Remember when he went down there and Brian Billick was supposed to be this offensive genius? The offense was never that great. They ran the ball. Mm-hmm. They played really good defense. For me, I, I think the focus – look, it's great. Look, you know, like they did Thursday night, you know, in the low 20s is a nice workable number as far as throwing the ball. But this running game is so good right now. And at the end of the day, what you were paid to do as a head coach in the NFL is to win games. So if that is what you're paid to do, if they can't stop Kareem Hunt, they can't stop Nick Chubb, I'm going to continue to go to it until somebody forces me to do something else. Of course, I have the opportunity for play action. I still have the opportunity for chunk attempts you know, to, uh, to Odell Beckham Jr. When I get in a tight situation in third and four, third and five, I've got a, I've got a Jarvis Landry. I've got an Austin Hooper. And which is interesting because – the tight ends look really good this summer. The tight ends really haven't looked that good yet. So this could be just another facet of the Browns offense that you know can basically hatch here somewhere in the coming weeks. But for me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Run the ball. These guys are getting it done. And you know, defense, if you're down some guys, best thing to do is keep them on the side and keep them watching. But yeah, I would say you're probably looking closer to 30 and I still think for the time being, Nick might get a little bit more than Kareem, and it's maybe just the way it is, but it's it's a great problem to have right now, and as long as these guys go, you know, knocking on the door of 100 total yards per week, I don't think you're going to see a sorry Nick, uh, Nick Chubb, and you're certainly not going to see a sorry Kareem Hunt, and if everybody keeps saying, we want to win, and that's what I hear from a lot of these players, well, if the wins start to come, hopefully we're not going to hear anything about, well, I only got this many touches. I only got this many targets. If it's about winning, you know, the money could be get, you know, it could, the rubber could essentially meet the road here. We'll see if these guys truly mean they want to win. 
No doubt. Um, one last thing on the offense, and then we'll get a question on the defense. Uh, Bill Callahan obviously was with Washington for a long time, uh, was their interim head coach for much of last year. We know he's a run-the-ball-heavy, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. And he's got some weapons here, obviously, uh, that we just talked about. How has the – and they spent on their offensive line. They brought in Conklin. Uh, they obviously drafted uh, early and attacked the left tackle position. Uh, how has this offensive line developed, and uh, what kind of influence do you think a veteran coach in Callahan, a run-first coach in Callahan, has had on Stefanski, or is it just matching up their personnel? I think it's worked out to perfectly um, because you know, you like you said, you drafted a, you know an offensive tackle at number ten overall. You uh, you know put the money on Jack Conklin, and that was even the more impressive thing about Thursday night. Jack Conklin didn't play. Chris Hubbard did. May have had his best night as a Brown in, in year three. And this was a guy we kind of thought was going to be, you know, left on the roads, you know, for dead, basically with no future plans here with this organization. Um, I think one of the biggest ones, and there is a lot of talk of it, and I've I've heard word that one of his favorite guards during Wyatt Teller's draft, he had him, Wyatt Teller, as his favorite guard in the draft. Now, Wyatt Teller, certainly when you think of him as a player, not an ideal scheme fit for what, you know, Stefanski and his offense wants to do. You know, uh, Callahan worked with him. They mentioned what they wanted to do. He he worked on his body, um, you know, got himself stronger, less chubby, tried to get himself a little bit more agile. And right now, according to PFF, you're talking about the number one guard in the NFL in Wyatt Teller. And we had talked about this, you know, with Jedrick Wills making the transition from right tackle to left tackle, you know, there were going to be some hiccups. There's been minimal hiccups this far. I think we're really surprised how quickly it's come together. We thought it would be, you know, some struggles to get to this point, you know, as, as far as the offensive line. But the gelling and the cohesion is there, and there's no doubt. Um, you know, obviously Callahan was the best assistant coach hire on this team that they made in this offseason, and it's showing up rather quickly. And you keep in mind, you know, uh, J.C. Treader did not was not a part of camp whatsoever, showed up to practices for week one. Jack Conklin missed a little time. And meanwhile, you have on Wyatt Teller take a step up and Jedrick Wills learning the left side as opposed to the right side all on the fly. It's come pretty quickly and it's it's pretty impressively. And you know a lot of that credit has to go to Coach Callahan. Before Chris gets to his next one, I just want to slip in one more thing here as we continue to progress through on Crossover Thursday. Invest in your intuition. Use the promo code Locked On. And double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet your winning season begins today only at my bookie. Yeah, and, and Jeff, that's obviously very important, especially because you'll want to have a little bit of juice on these games, right? Uh, and uh, who knows? I mean, maybe it'll... Um, It'll be a good Sunday for you or a good Thursday or a good Monday. Um, so then you can have a little extra fun uh, after this Browns uh, and Washington game. All right. So I wanted to ask you about the defense. Obviously, again, I know Miles Garrett. I know the strength of the defense is uh, on that defensive line, much like Washington's. I know Denzel Ward. What else do I need to know about this defense in a snapshot, big picture sense? Is there anybody else I have to really look out for and be fearful of? Or is it a bunch of you know, a bunch of Jags and those guys that I just mentioned? Uh, no, I mean, I think the defensive line, and this is, again, now Sheldon Richardson playing well. Larry Ogunjobi, and it was weird because last year, which was a la- was was bad for everybody, Larry Ogunjobi wasn't playing well towards the end of the season. 
you know, they went out, they uh, drafted Jordan Elliott. They had signed Andrew Billings, who, you know, eventually opted out of the season due to COVID. So they weren't sure about Larry Ogunjobi playing fantastic to this point. And this is the sleeper on the defensive line. And this was a guy I love from the moment they got him last year. It was Porter Gustin, former big time player at USA, put up a, a USC, put up a lot of production, great athlete, six foot four, 255 pounds. And he was the one after Miles stripped Joe Burrow last week where he just absolutely lit him up. He has taken a lot of coaching and put it into positive reps this summer. There was one rep against Jack Conklin where the footwork was perfect. Didn't miss a step in Jack Conklin after he got whipped by Porter Gustin kind of turned around and was like, well, who in the world is this guy? So they are very, very deep on the defensive line. Jordan Elliott, the third round rookie on the defensive, uh, the defensive tackle, he'd be playing a ton more if he was on a team that didn't have Larry Ogunjobi excelling, didn't have Sheldon Richardson excelling. He's the fifth ranked defensive player, according to PFF. He's played very, very well at this point. Should he get more reps? Yeah, but the problem is you're not going to take him away from Larry O. You're not going to take him away from Sheldon Richardson. The key is going to be the cornerback position. Um, and Terrence Mitchell is a good corner. Um, but they had plans for him to be corner four, corner five. So he started the first two games, and he's always done what he's done here. Like, he gets forget about with this franchise, then he plays well. But they need to figure out who the number two corner is for at least this season and going further. You know, Kevin Johnson's on a one-year deal. Uh, like I mentioned, Terrence Mitchell's on, you know, last year of his contract and you have Greedy Williams and it's been up and down with Greedy. And it's weird because the one thing people were concerned about coming out of college was his tackling. That's what he did well as a rookie. Uh, the coverage hmm. at times had lapses. We haven't really gotten to see him play for Joe Woods yet. So we don't necessarily know what we have. And he was one missed a lot. of. He was out almost a month with what was a day to day shoulder injury. So it's a big, big question mark there. You're going to see more of Ronnie Harrison this week, traded you know, right before the season started. Andrew Sandejo is a nice player, but he's a 10-year veteran. He was never a star in this league. He's a nice role player. That's what he needs to go back to. Carl Joseph, not really getting there just yet either himself. Um, healthy, which is good, which is always a question with Carl Joseph. But I think number 33, Ronnie Harrison, who, and a lot of people, they would have made this move whether or not Grant Elpit went down. What they said is we get in the top 100 player who's still 23 years old and I got to give up a fifth round pick. Yeah. You make that move for a big long safety. Who's got the ability to cover tight ends. I think you're going to see more of Ronnie Harrison this week. And that would be the guy probably to watch out for. We haven't seen him much in the base defense, but with that 10 day break between Thursday night football and obviously this Sunday with Washington, I think there's enough time now where you've got him acclimated, more comfortable within the system where maybe you can throw a new asset out there and hopefully reap some dividends. Jeff Lloyd, the host of Locked On Browns. I'm Chris Russell, the host of Locked On Washington football team. Uh, Jeff, uh, it should be, um, you know, a, a pretty fun affair. I'll be up in Cleveland for uh, this game, so I'm looking forward to you know, oh, nice. seeing football again with some actual fans. I know there won't be many, but, uh, you know, when I watched last Thursday night, they were uh, fairly into it and loud and proud. Of course, uh, you had a couple of people getting in fights. You're not exactly. welcome in the stadium, but they still found a way to have a couple of ha-has and get into it. Exactly. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Bill Callahan again, who you know I got to know a little bit here. Uh, I think he's an excellent coach and an excellent addition uh, to the Cleveland Browns organization. Uh, and it's always great to talk to you, my friend. Uh, I know we're short on time, and we have to wrap this up. I mean, I could probably we could probably talk about these two teams forever. <laughs> uh, but 
we're gonna have to we're gonna have to leave it right there as we get the warning that we are tight on time. Uh, Jeff, thank you as always, my friend. Appreciate you being with me. Right back at you, Chris, folks. This has been your locked on. Th- I mean, your crossover Thursday edition on Locked On NFL Network. Locked On Washington Football. Locked On Browns. Guys, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you are leaving those big uh, ratings and reviews for us. iTunes, Spotify. Chris and I appreciate it. And everybody, enjoy the game on Sunday.